Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Welcome to the Ghost Story, guys. I'm Brennan Storer. I'm Ian Gibbs. And this is a show where we talk about spooks, specters, and all of the other things watching us from the shadows beyond the campfire. Some conversations only make sense after the sun has set, and this is most definitely one. Thanks for tuning in. This is episode number 61, and we're coming to you from that tiny mountain cabin you dream about, but can never quite reach. How you doing, Ian? I'm doing well, Brennan. How are you? I am good. Well, uh, technically we're recording this episode, uh, almost two weeks in advance yeah. because I'm going to be in LA when it comes out. So theoretically I'm pretty good right now. You're in LA. I'm in LA. We, we are, are in, in the, the future. future. <laughs> yeah. That was eerie. That was awesome. <laughs> so what should we do about that? Well, I assume if we're in the future, we're going to have to go get uh, sports almanac, uh, a couple lottery tickets, stock tips, stock tips. Yeah. Yep. Um, do you know how to do that? Nope. Okay. So we'll just sit here. So what we always do. Yes. Okay. That, that is fair. Well, yes. It was a nice idea. <laughs> to, We're good at plans. Yeah. yeah. And I'm excited about today. I'm really excited to talk to the ladies from Booze and Bourbon. Yes. We have our first ever guest really on the main show. Yeah. Uh, that's not uh, sort of a, an author. Yep. Uh, that is Kim and Jen from the Booze and Bourbon podcast. They are here with us uh, today, or they will be with us in, uh, in the next segment, to tell stories from the bleak East Coast. For those of you who aren't familiar with, with their show, Booze and Bourbon is a paranormal podcast where they mm-hmm. talk about ghosts while rating and reviewing bourbon. Which is such a good idea. It really is. And uh, they had us on their show. Yeah. So we kind of got to see them doing the show up close and they know way more about booze than either of us. So should we do like Ghost Story Guys and Tacos? Like, I don't know. I've seen Ghost Story Guys on Fried Chicken, and it's not a great show. Ooh, no, no. It doesn't end well for either of us. It's a very us. slow show. <laughs> very low energy. <laughs> that is true. Our musical guest on today's episode is Kamiko25. The song is Our Night Drive, and that's the title track from their album of the same name. You can find more from them at Kamiko25, that's K-U-M-I-K-O-25.bandcamp.com, and on all the major streaming platforms. So I guess we'll just get to it. Yeah, let's jump in. We're going to take a little break, and when we come back, we'll have Kim and Jen from Booze and Bourbon to help us tell stories from the bleak east. Welcome back. As we said before the break on this episode, we have guests. I know. People have to stand us for more than 30 <laughs> seconds. I'm not sure how this is going to go. <laughs> I don't know. Typically in real life, this has not gone well. I'm hoping that they don't have to see us. We'll perhaps extend. Yes. The, yeah. Before they hang up. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah without saying goodbye. <laughs> not that I'm used to that. No, 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 no
As we said before the break, on this episode, we have Kim and Jen from the Booze and Bourbon Podcast. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having us. Thank you so much for having us. We're very excited to be here. We're excited to have you. We just did a spot on their show as well, which mm-hmm. was lots of fun. I uh, I don't know how they're going to turn that into salvageable entertainment. But <laughs> Heavy editing. It's like plastic surgery on an old woman. You just <laughs> cut and paste <laughs> and try your or best. Or an old man. Or oh, an old well. man. Thank you, Ian. Whatever. <laughs> Ian's not very woke. (laughs) In deference to our guests, we're going to be telling stories from the East Coast of both Canada and the U.S. But before we get there, we just wanted to, in case our listeners aren't familiar with your show, tell them a Mm -hmm. little bit about you and who Mm -hmm. you are and why it is you have decided to ruin a perfect good evening by talking to us. (laughs) Oh, well, thanks. Jen and I started doing this whole podcast thing um, just actually last October, so we um, we used to work together, and yeah. we kind of got this idea that we w- we both love everything to do with the paranormal, and so we would often find like during our breaks we'd be like, oh, did you see this episode or did you read this story? And hmm. so then just this one day before my birthday, I was like, do you want to do a podcast? And she's like, yeah, let's do it. So that's kind of how we got started, and then we uh, we actually joined a network that is basically all bourbon related shows. Nice. Um, so Jen had picked up the name Booze and Bourbon. My husband has an extensive bourbon collection, so that kind of helped. We and sample it often. We do. We definitely <laughs> with or without sample. permission. Sometimes. We do. Yeah. We're just so intrigued with the paranormal, and I think the more we research, the more we kind of understand it a little bit better. Oh yeah. And we both we both had our own experiences, so I think that's kind of what where most of it came from, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Have you found that the more you've looked into it, the more experiences you've had? Yeah, now that you say that. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it's that, been definitely a lot more, I would say. Yeah. It, it seems like ever since we started doing this, it's like there's one more coincidence. I think that increasingly we are becoming a more haunted podcast. And I feel like you second-guess yourself a little bit because sometimes something will happen and you're like, okay, am I just, do I want something to happen so badly that that's why that just happened? Mm-hmm. Or is, am I like opening myself to all of these other things that I probably didn't notice before because I just wasn't as open to it maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I remember when I was in New Orleans a few years ago, I ran into this artist down in, uh, I think it's Jackson square and he had all these splatter paintings of Jesus, which were just fascinating. He was fi- f- uh, finishing up for the night. So it was, it was late and he was rolling things up, but I just was transfixed by these things because I'm not a religious person, but these, again, splatter paintings of Jesus. Or like something. splattered Jesus? Uh, no, like like Jackson Pollock, but... <laughs> oh, I was like, Jesus that. dropped from a high building? Yeah, Jesus, that seems Jesus hit little, by a Buick. Well, that's a little weird. Okay, sorry. <laughs> no, no, but like uh, like kind of Jackson Pollocky drip paintings yeah, yeah, of yeah. Jesus. But I got talking to this guy, and it became obvious that we both had a pretty intense interest in the paranormal. And the way he phrased it to me, it was really stuck with me, and he said... People like us, we're drawn to explore the principalities. Mm. And he said, the problem Mm. with that is that there are things in the principalities that see you. Yes. And then they're looking back. Yes. So well said. Yeah. 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 Very, very interesting guy. Crazy, crazy, crazy man. (laughs) But uh, interesting all the same. It's funny too, because when we first started doing this, I just kept having nightmare after nightmare after nightmare for no reason. Oh yeah. And I think it was just my own way of being like, you realize that the more you talk about this, the more you're going to stir things up. So it was probably like at least a good two to three weeks before I kind of moved past that anxiousness about Mm -hmm. we are talking about this and this could potentially happen. So what is uh, an example? I mean, obviously, you've got a, a great recent example of a paranormal experience that happened while you were at uh, Waverly Hills. Yeah, so uh, Waverly Hills is just our last episode, which was episode 24. I think I'll let Jen speak on this because she has lots of things that happen at her house. And I apologize to your listeners with my raspy voice here. Oh, it's great. Old kicking in. So I bought the house that we're actually sitting in right now three years ago from a deceased couple. Uh, now, they didn't die in the house, I don't believe, but they died within two weeks of each other. Oh, wow. The first year, I would say, I never noticed anything. And then I got a puppy who, you know, obviously was acting like a puppy. Mm-hmm. Most dogs like bark and such, but they got progressively worse. So every night between, I'd say, two and three, he would savagely bark at the corner of my room and oh. like his hair would be standing up. So I would have to get up every single night and calm him down or take him out of the room and basically shut my door and lock him out of my bedroom. Wow. And to be honest, I, for whatever reason, just like brush it off as like he's just a dog in a new home that doesn't know what sounds are and that kind of thing. But then 
it started to progress downstairs. So I'd be in my living room watching TV and basically in the exact same spot that's in my bedroom, directly below it in my living room, he would stand on top of me and look at the corner of the room and start growling and barking and his hair would stand up. Wow. And I would look around and I'd be like, well, there's nothing like he can't even see. There's no shadows. There's no lights on. I'm just watching TV. So that happened for quite a while and then I think Kim had the idea of like smudging my house and trying to do something to maybe get the energies out Mm -hmm. and we did do that it was a good I I would say it was like a good five maybe six months that you didn't really have too much going on Mm -hmm. and then we started the podcast yeah (laughs) then we started the podcast so I have a roommate and we were I was in the living room she was in the kitchen and and our lights just started flickering for no reason. Oh, no. And she started to panic. And she was like, what's happening with the light? And I was like, I'm not sure. And then it just kept doing it. And now it's kind of like started up again. So now we've had random issues. She's had random issues when I'm not here. Where she'll text, I don't know what's happening, but the dog's barking at nothing. And it's freaking me out. And like, it's started to happen again. So, mm. And the pictures. Okay, yes. And so then there was also a night where I was sitting on the couch and the same picture on my in my hallway fell on the floor three different times. What? I kept hanging it back on the wall. I would go lay down, start watching my show again, and then it would happen again. And then I'm like, okay. So I'd get up, put it back on, lay back down. And then like it was almost like they were toying with me. Yeah. Then I, so I started laughing at one point and was like, okay. This is it's annoying. It's funny. I get it. It's a joke. You guys are think it's funny, but it's it's not. It's highly irritating. It's interrupting my TV show that I'm trying to watch, actually. And uh, yeah, so it's like, yeah, it's just random things keep happening now. So I'm not really sure how to explain it at this point. I guess something I didn't know when I purchased the home, there was a lot of other things left. Right. And I didn't know this, but I looked into like the fact that you're not supposed to keep mirrors from somebody else that's right, passed right right and i and i do actually still at this point still have three of their mirrors in the house but... <laughs> is that one of them that we're looking at right yeah. now <laughs> perfect wow it's like a little challenge at that point it was yeah. like i'm just gonna keep the mirrors just for fun just to see if it's... but now i'm starting to think that maybe i should just get rid of them so kim did you have many pardon me much in the way of experiences prior to starting the show My experience is I've never actually physically seen a ghost. Um, I have had some things happen in front of me. Um, I've had like a a mug full of pencils move like a foot across the desk in front of me. And at that point, I just ran ran out of the building and I was like in an empty parking lot. And I'm like, leave me alone. I'm done. but more of my things happen when I'm asleep and I have certain people who have passed away come to me and give me messages in oh, my dreams. And they're just very, very vivid. So when I wake up in the morning, it's almost like I feel compelled to get a notepad and just start writing things down. Mm. And um, mostly everything that I've dreamt uh, that are from people who have passed away have actually been very accurate. Wow. Um I had uh, I had somebody who lived across the street from me whose son had unfortunately committed suicide. And uh, very shortly after that, um, I got up the courage to talk to the mother. And I confirmed some details with her that she's like, honestly, she's like, nobody else besides myself in the coroner would have known those wow. details. Wow. So, um, yeah, but it, as... As sad of an incident as that is, everything has been very positive and mm. everything has been very loving. So I don't know if I just sort of have this guard up that I only want to accept very positive and loving messages or experiences. Maybe that's it. That's cool, actually. Yeah, I mean, they always yeah. say you sort of attract what you're what you're putting out. So maybe yeah. I'm a son of a bitch. <laughs> And you're a well, nice I, I, maybe we're the same then. She's putting out the positive, and I'm like, just bring me all the shit. Like, I just <laughs> want to see all the stuff. Like, bring me whatever you want to give me. Well, let's see, there's, there's some parallels happening. There are some parallels. Yeah, it's kind of eerie. I get kind of the, uh, the, the messages from people, but they're never mean. They're just like trying to explain their stories. And Brennan gets right. all the weird shadow people garbage. So I don't know oh, what that's here about. We go. Great. <laughs> Classic. Oh, that's we're twinning. We we're are twinning. totally right. twins. You guys on the west coast, and we're on the east exactly. coast. Exactly. <laughs> Speaking of the east coast, we have some stories lined we do. up. A small selection yeah. of stories from the east coast, and uh, I thought we could get to those. Absolutely. Right. Our first story is called Great Great. 
So over the course of my 73 years, I have discovered some ability to see or hear what others cannot. Though it has not been without difficulty, knowing this has allowed me insight others may have not have. And for that, I'm grateful. The story I'm about to tell you took place when I was 11 years old on a farm in New England that has been in our family since 1791. Cancer took my mother from us at a young age, so my father was left alone to raise me on the farm. He was a busy, hardworking man, and so I was often left to my own devices. It was a different time then, and parents were not judged so harshly for allowing their children to have autonomy, so I always knew where my father was, but roamed far and wide as he worked. Before mother died, her and father bought a small horse I named Wendy, and in my mother's absence, Wendy and I became partners in adventure. Together, we explored all the secrets of the 600 acres to which my family laid claim. On the day my experience happened, Wendy and I were hanging out in our pasture, which was part of an old apple orchard. Up one of the hills, there was grazing grass and a brook, and on this lazy summer day, we were headed in that direction. Too lazy to saddle up, I was laying on Wendy's back enjoying the softest way of her gait when she came to a sudden stop and I felt a ripple across her back. She began to do a prancing dance. Then I fought to sit up before I was shaken off completely. There were many stone walls running through the wood and fields of our property, and one of them was next to the brook where Wendy liked to drink. On the other side was a sturdy, barbed wire fence that my father had installed. As I achieved a sitting position, I thought I saw something move, but it was difficult to focus. I rubbed my sleepy eyes and tried again, the whole time keeping a tight hold on Wendy's reins to keep her from moving away. What I seemed to be seeing in front of me was an older man wearing an odd hat, a light brown shirt and brown pants, but no shoes. He appeared to be solid, yet I could also see the woods and fence behind him. He appeared to be bending and lifting large rocks, which he would then place on top of the stone wall, as if building it higher. Wendy calmed and together we watched this for what was only a very short while, until the man looked up at us and just faded away. I believed then, as I do now, that what I saw was a moment from the past. Harmless, but still frightening to a boy that age. As always during supper, my father asked about my day. After listening, he first said never to lay down on the horse as it was not safe. He then said, the man was probably not from the century, probably a great, great. How very lucky were you to see that moment from the past. Later in need of money, that section of the farm was sold and new people built a home there. I've often wondered if they have too seen the faded worker from long ago. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. So that's pretty cool. That's uh, that's actually surprisingly wholesome for a story on this show. <laughs> yeah, very well-rounded. <laughs> yes. The sad thing is, given what that sort of puts the age of this person at, mm. right now they're on Facebook posting racist minion memes. <laughs> <laughs> Most likely. Yeah. But uh, no, that was, that was kind of nice, actually. You know, it's not one yeah. of those like terrifying... No. no. Hanging out with no, horses, just... wandering around a field. Yeah. Lovely. Yeah. And an old guy just trying to build, you know, a little stone wall. Yeah. And I I wonder, too, you know, if that was genuinely, uh, you know, a moment where time broke down or whatever you want to call it, and they saw him. I wonder if 200 years ago, some old guy nearly had the big clutcher because all of a sudden it just some kid on a horse appeared in front of him. <laughs> My father's house. My hometown is a former mining town in Nova Scotia. Growing up, I hated the place. And so as soon as the opportunity to leave presented itself, I was gone. However, recently I had to fly back home to visit family, and owing to circumstances beyond my control, I ended up staying at my father's house. He was a bad, often absent father during my early years, and so 
Consequently, we never had much of a relationship. And frankly, I don't like the man. But needs must, so I stayed at his house during the visit. As it turns out, I don't much like his house either. A lot of the houses back home were built during the mining boom, so they're larger than you would expect, and my father's home is one such place. It's over 60 years old, but it's well-kept, with brand-new floors in most of the rooms, but not the bedroom where I ended up on this trip. Under the bed, I noticed old bits of newspapers from the 40s and 50s stuck to the floor. They appeared to be glued down, so I couldn't piece them together, but from what I could see, some of the scraps had the word psychic more than once. I don't know whether or not that's significant. One night during my visit, I was alone in the house and sat downstairs chatting to a friend on social media when something weird happened. My dad isn't the cleanest guy, and he had a big bag of garbage just sitting in the corner of the kitchen. Well, as I was sitting there tapping away, a balled-up piece of paper rolls out from the trash like it's being pushed along. Now, ghosts or roaches, it was not happening. So I slowly put my stuff together and then bolted upstairs. The possibility that it was insects went away the second I heard the footsteps on the stairs behind me. I ran into my room, shutting the door behind me, and the footsteps continued right up the other side. Then they stopped. Every night after that, the footsteps would follow upstairs, and I would make the same mad dash to my bedroom. Whatever the presence was, it also started to make itself present in the daytime. Never in any dramatic way, but enough to let me know it was there. Its favorite gag was to relock the bathroom door as I was about to leave, so I'd walk into it. I don't know who or what is living with my dad, but it obviously feels the same about me as it does about him. That's so, interesting. Mm. That sounds like a classic house haunt. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was about to ask if this is like the trash goblins is sort of a Nova Scotia thing. <laughs> trash goblins. <laughs> Not that I'm aware of. I know a guy who once lived under someone's stairs for quite a while before they realized. Oh, that's disturbing. So he really what? Was a trash oh, yeah. No, he was, in fact, a real-life trash goblin. Wow. Yeah. Um, I think <laughs> nice. he's still alive, so I have to be very circumspect in how I talk about this. Is this someone from Revelstoke? He ended up there at some point, yeah, but he was not living in Revelstoke when he was living under the stairs. <laughs> oh but get God. this. He was living under the stairs. Then he ended up, once they discovered him there, uh, they actually invited him into the house, and then he started dating their teenage daughter. <sighs> Yeah. Mm, that wow. is all kinds of wrong. Yes. Oh, wow. yes. If, if you could see what this gentleman looked like, uh, it would be much, much worse. Wow. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah. Th this is like I've seen Wes Cravens of people under the stairs. Yeah. This is worse. Oh, no. What about like Schmeagol? I mean, sure, he was murderous and he didn't bathe, but he, he wasn't, you know, sort of a, a, a pompous pseudo intellectual. Uh, did he have a criminal record? Because I know someone else who might be interested in him. <laughs> did he, though? Did he? I'm on my way. I'm just dying to know, like, what provoked the teenage daughter to be like, that is my dream. <laughs> that is my man right there. I hope I never know. <laughs> the Ship in Shadow While serving aboard the USS Alwyn, the ship went into the shipyards in Portsmouth, Virginia. Metro Machine Corp was where the ship was docked for its refit upkeep period. While there, the crew was stationed on the second floor of the main building. I was standing the mid-watch, midnight to 4 a.m., and while making rounds through the crew's sleeping area, I saw a shadow out of the corner of my eye. Thinking I'd caught someone sneaking around, I started looking for whoever was out of bed. Had the person been moving towards the bathroom or showers, I wouldn't have thought much of it. But this shadow seemed to be moving randomly around the sleeping area, and I was concerned they were trying to steal from the crew. After 20 minutes of following this shadow around, I finally stopped and really paid attention. It was moving without making a single sound, which should not have been possible. My stopping almost seemed to embolden the person, as after a while I looked down the aisle of bunks to see the shadow step away from the wall. It was then that I realized that it was, in fact, only a shadow. I understand that may not make much sense, but just like in Peter Pan, a shadow, somehow separate from a person, it then walked right through the wall. I didn't say anything to anybody, and after duty turnover, I went to look at the section of wall the spirit had walked through. You could see where a doorway had been bricked over, and if looked at from the outside, there were the remains of an old fire escape. 
I asked around the Yardbirds shipyard workers over the following days, and they had lots of stories from all over the shipyard. But two different gentlemen remembered a poor man who had exited one of the fire escape doors and then had slipped on the ice-covered stairs, falling down from them and breaking his neck. They both pointed out the same fire escape that came from the bricked-over door. This door had not been covered due to the accident, but due to a remodeling of the second floor from repair shops to a sleeping living area for ship's crews. When this had been done, the emergency exits had been moved to meet the new fire code requirements. I'm not sure whether or not this shipyard is still open, but if you believe all the stories from the yard workers, there were lots of ghosts that roamed there. We've had a few stories now from military ships. Yes. And I gotta say, as if it's not bad enough, you're in actual combat. Then you have to contend with ghosts. Well, and you guys are a military town, right? Or you're close to a military town. So Absolutely. Do yeah. you hear kind of military ghost stories? I don't know of any right off the top of my no. head. Um, the ones that kind of ring true to me a lot more are the uh, the Halifax explosion oh, stories. Yeah, so big time. Not necessarily military, but stuff that happened in our harbor with big ships. Well, the military was responsible for it. Ultimately, yes. <laughs> yes. And we have a lot of ghosts at Settle Hill, which would be. Yeah, that's military. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, military. Yeah. Okay, cool. I just wondered. If you've never been to Hilton Head, if you've never been to Hilton Head Island in South Carolina, you should make a point of checking it out. It's a major tourist spot with golf courses, boat rentals, sea tours, fishing charters, and dolphin excursions. And for a period of time in my childhood, I was lucky enough to live there. We had a modern but modest rancher-style home in a snug little cul-de-sac, surrounded by pine and live oak trees, pampas grass, oleander, and azalea. It was a three-bedroom house, and I shared one of those with my twin brother Michael. We were 10 when we moved into the house, but so far as I know, nothing paranormal occurred until a couple years later. We had had issues in our old house. For some reason, my bed frame would shake while I slept, often waking me up, but that didn't seem to follow us to Hilton Head. Of course, that's possibly because the bunk beds in the new house were built into the wall, meaning there was no frame to shake. Regardless, the activity didn't make itself known until 1980, when Michael and I were 13. Despite the beauty of our surroundings, my time in Hilton Head wasn't very happy. We were both attending a private academy, and to say I didn't fit into that crowd was an understatement. I was unhappy most of the time. Being alone was my happy place, and that's where I was on that summer afternoon, reading a book on one of the living room couches. To my left was a kitchen, and from where I was sitting, you could see all the way through it to the back door. Engrossed in my magazine, I was startled when I heard the door suddenly open. Quickly standing up, I saw the door opening, and then the handle rotating, as if a hand was manipulating it. It opened halfway, as if to allow a person in, and then swiftly closed, clicking shut loudly. This door always stuck a bit and required an extra effort to close it fully. It sounded exactly as if someone was returning home, the problem with that being that nobody was there, at least, not that I could see. My parents returned from jogging about 15 minutes later, and when I told them what happened, didn't seem particularly impressed or bothered. A week later, around 9 p.m., I was sitting on that same couch reading, our cat Tigger napping in my lap. It was dark outside, and everything had settled into the hush of early evening on the coast. The silence was broken by a wrenching sound, followed immediately by a loud metallic clatter coming from the kitchen. Both Tigger and I jumped up, and upon entering the kitchen, I found our silverware drawer dangling precariously, as if someone had intended to pull it all the way out. Several knives, forks, and spoons were scattered on the floor, and the silverware that was still in the drawer was haphazardly strewn about, mostly jumbled up towards the front. Although my notes on further poltergeist-like incidents at this house are missing, from what I can remember, the only other events I experienced personally involved a sliding glass door that led out into the back porch of the house. On at least two occasions, at night before going to bed, I remember locking the sliding door, only to notice it unlocked and open about a foot just moments later. This lock needed to be pressed down with a good amount of force, so for it to suddenly become unlocked and the door itself opened, well, it wasn't the wind. The final experience in this house, so far as I'm aware, belonged to my brother, Michael. The rest of the family was at a school event to which attendance was mandatory for both myself and our younger sister, Maddie. The reason we were both in the same school was that I had been held back in two different years for behavioral reasons, so Michael was two years ahead. The event finished around 8.30, and we arrived home not more than 30 minutes later to be met at the door by my brother, who appeared upset. He explained that about an hour after we left, he was watching television when he began to hear what sounded like heavy breathing. 
He looked through the entire house, and while he found no source, the breath remained constant, like it was everywhere and nowhere at the same time. I suggested the sound had been made by the cooling element of the refrigerator, but he was adamant. The sound remained constant no matter which room he was in, and if it had been the refrigerator, that wouldn't have been the case. Whatever the reason, we never heard the phantom breath again before leaving that neighborhood, and I haven't been back to Hilton Head since. There you go. I kind of want to visit this place. I just like the name. Hilton Head. Hilton Head. Absolutely. Jen and I both like sharks, and there's a shark named Hilton. Yep. Like a shark. How do they know his name? (laughs) Well, we name all sharks, didn't you know? You can add the app on your phone. It's the shark app. It follows all the sharks around. All the sharks that are tagged, anyway. Are you being serious right now? There's really, you can follow the sharks with an app on your phone. 100%. 100%. Yeah. Is we that like a Nova Scotia thing? You guys? Around. Well, we try. Or we think we are. Is it like a Nova Scotia thing? Is that like big with you people? No, you guys do it there too. <laughs> um, okay, I'm running with a different crowd, I guess. <laughs> That's sh- pretty awesome, though. The shark chase. There's people like, all over seems, that do it. It seems weirdly fitting that you chase sharks, I guess, <laughs> given the conversation we had earlier. <laughs> <laughs> Soulless predators <laughs> out only to consume and destroy. Yeah, that fits. It tracks. <laughs> call me. Yeah, call me. Taking off all those boxes. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> this is when they hang up and never come That's back. That's right. <laughs> like, I'm not know. even going to say the sentence I was just going to say. <laughs> I'm going to cut myself off from that one. <laughs> you are a, a smart woman. The secret. In my life, I've had three strange experiences, but the one I want to talk about tonight happened when I was a teenager and we were living in a small town in Newfoundland. It was early evening and I was out walking with three friends after a softball game. We had decided to hit up Denny's. And so to get there, we detoured through some woods and ended up on a fairly busy road. Usually I figure this kind of stuff is supposed to happen on a dark and stormy night. But this was just a slightly overcast Newfie night, no different than any other I've experienced. Well, with one exception. We were crossing beneath an underpass when I noticed a black figure in the distance standing by the side of the road. I was transfixed, so I jogged ahead to get a look and ended up quite a distance ahead of my friends. From there, I could better see the figure, but it's hard to describe exactly what I saw. It was six foot seven feet tall, all black and looked like a person, except it had a long head, sharp fingers, and no feet. Its legs just ended in a point. If you've ever seen something like this, it's hard to describe the total dissonance you feel in your brain. You're looking at something you know shouldn't be there, so you think maybe you're not seeing it right, and try to refocus your eyes, but it's still there afterward. I didn't have a lot of time to dwell on the strange feeling, though, because the thing noticed me. One claw-like finger went to its shadowy face like it was shushing me, as if this living nightmare and I had a secret together. Then it started running extremely fast and absolutely silently up a side road into a cul-de-sac out of sight. I stood there frozen for a while, and when my friends got up to me, I explained what I had seen, then tried to get them to come up the cul-de-sac with me. They, of course, hadn't seen anything and were determined to get to Denny's, so that's where we went. There's no way in hell I was going into that cul-de-sac alone. And neither would I. I don't know what's worse, uh, though. A, a, a haunted cul-de-sac or a Denny's? I don't know. I have no son. there was a Denny's in Newfoundland. Yeah, like, <laughs> what did me? I'm pissed. Why did they get Denny's and we didn't? Alone in the dark. When I was growing up, my mother and I lived in an apartment building in Manchester, New Hampshire. I was a skeptical kid, which might seem odd, but there it is. My mother wasn't religious, and spooky stories never did anything for me. What you saw is what you got. Sometimes my mom had to work a late shift, and I was left to my own devices. But as I was a pretty grounded kid, and most of the people in the building were surprisingly friendly and community-oriented, she didn't worry too much about me. One of these nights, I was sitting around listening to some old-timers in the building talk. The subjects were always different every time, and on this night, the conversation was about the weird things they had seen. It wasn't really my thing, but I liked being around them, so I played along and listened. Later, my mom still at work. I was trying to sleep when I heard knocking at my door and the sound of children's laughter in the hall. There were other kids in the building who were less mature than me, and so I thought one of them had overheard the night's conversation and was messing with me. But when I walked out of the hallway, no one was there, and it's a long, straight hallway. You'd have to run pretty quick to get away without being seen. 
Too tired to care, I shut the door and went back to bed. At about 5 a.m., I awoke to the sound of heavy footsteps, thinking my mom had just come home late from work again, and I didn't think much of it at first. But then I started to hear voices. They sounded odd, though, muffled or watery. It's hard to explain. It sounded like a little girl and an elderly woman having a conversation. Curious, I slipped out of bed, and that's when I saw a shadowy figure hunched over and talking to a little transparent blue one. Back under the covers, I went. The next day, I told one of my friends about it, and they told me that 50 years before, a little girl drowned in the river next to the complex, and then her grandmother died trying to save her. Even being young, I thought that explanation was a little too pat, and I didn't know who else to ask, so I kept it to myself. When I arrived home, I went to my room and found something suspicious, a glass doll laying on the top of my bed. After that, I would see shadow figures enter and leave my room and hear the little girl running down the hallway. But of course, they seem harmless, so I learned not to care. We don't live there anymore, but I still have the doll. For some odd reason, I felt as if the little girl wanted me to have it. Whoa. Creepy. Yeah, no kidding. Like, oh, great. The ghosts are leaving me toys now. Awesome. Yeah, what, what kind it's... of trade does that signify? For your soul. Yeah, I was going to say, we'll be back for your soul on Thursday. <laughs> I can't imagine wanting to take that doll. No. No, you, you mentioned that um, your hubby took a little souvenir home from uh, somewhere. Yes, he did. And... and... Immediately after that, he who never, ever has nightmares had nightmares. I kept looking at him, too. I was suspicious. I thought he was taking something. And sure enough, he did. And so did he put it back or what? No, it's currently in my house. (laughs) How are the nightmares? (laughs) How's that going for you over there? It's actually fine. Oh, okay. He likes them now. (laughs) (laughs) They're a part of us. You're never alone. No. Nice to have a haunting. We talked about that on the show once, because I know someone here in town who took a brick from an abandoned brickworks home, and uh, they started seeing a shadow, their son started seeing a shadow person upstairs, Mm -hmm. and uh, went away as soon as they took the brick back out of the house. Yeah. And he knew what to do, too. He took it right back. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You guys are making me feel like major guilt about the mirrors and like the other random shit that I have in here from deceased people. There's no, because the stuff was there. You didn't take it. You didn't be like, oh, good dead people. I'm going to clean up the house. Yeah, Indiana Jones style grave robbing. Yeah, I mean, if you're into that. I'm not joking. Like, there's like. Uh, the the shed had like a trampoline and there's like all these fun things in there that I just was like, well, I don't want to get rid of that. Like I can use that. Absolutely. I have never heard a trampoline story that ended well. They're always <laughs> snapped ankles, broken arms. One guy here died. Yeah. A trampoline of death. Nice. And I'm sure the dead people are totally cool with you having it. Yeah. That's a portal. Come join us. Join us. The higher you jump, the better they can Maybe reach Maybe if I jump soul. really hard, I'm going to shoot myself into like... Another dimension. Yeah. Perfect. Please let us know what happens. Yes. I'm going to find a man. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe from like past, like, you know, Peaky Blinders, the show. Maybe you can put it in order. I don't know. We were going to do an episode (laughs) on people who have sex with ghosts. And then when we tried to do it, it was so obscene. It was like ghost porn. And we just couldn't do it. No. It It was was awful. The worst thing that has ever been recorded anywhere. Did you find the woman that we talked about that time that, like, I think she got married to the ghost? Yeah, didn't she, she got, marry like, a pirate or something? It was a married, she married a pirate, a 400-year-old pirate. Yes, a pirate. Correct. I remember that. Well, you live in Nova Scotia. I'm sure there's lots of dead pirates hanging around. <laughs> you know what? You are on to something. <laughs> I'm going to get me a patch. I'm going to hang out on the wharf and see what I can get myself. <laughs> Living and dying on Pine Island. The most famous allegedly haunted location in Pine Island, Florida, is the Adams Estate, which sits atop the Adams Mound, a sand and shell burial site dating back to the Calusa period. According to the Pine Island Eagle newspaper, the site was part of a Calusa Indian village for more than 1,500 years, and archaeologists believe the mound could have been used as a ceremonial location, and that its pond was possibly a portion of the original moat that would have surrounded the mound. A lesser known but possibly even more active site is the Ruby Gill House, which was built in 1922 by Ruby and Percy Gill, new arrivals both to Pine Island. Ruby was the postmaster from 1924 to 1957, a community organizer, and had a huge role in helping bring electricity to the town. 
She passed in the 1960s, and while the house eventually became the Randall Research Center, it was, for a time, privately rented. One such renter was Dave Holmes, former editor of the Pine Island Eagle, and in 1972, he had his own experiences in the Ruby Gill House. The following is the description of Holmes' experiences in the house, as recorded by reporter Mike Shefflin in a Pine Island Eagle feature published on October 28, 2015. According to Dave, within the first month that he and a friend moved in, he started having some weird experiences. While he was in bed one night, he heard what sounded like an old woman, weeping and shuffling around the room in her slippers. That happened two or three times during the month, and on at least one occasion, he said he could feel hot breath on his face, like someone was in the room with him. When he turned on the light, nothing was there. In another instance, Dave said he was inside the house, and all of a sudden the outside shutters started banging away against the house, making it sound like there was a heck of a storm raging outside. But when he went outside to take a look, it was dead, flat, calm. No breeze, no storm, no nothing. He also said he found a mysterious splattering of blood on the floor and wall in a bathroom that could not be explained away. Later that year, Dave and his buddy hosted a Christmas party at the house. Jean Mitchell, the woman who had rented the house to him, was there, and she and Dave got to talking about the house. Dave didn't mention his experiences, but did he get a surprise when Jean started recounting her experience in the same bedroom Dave was using of an old woman weeping and shuffling around the room in her slippers. Jean also told him that she'd found blood on the floor and wall in the bathroom. Gross. Yeah, no kidding. That reminds me, though, of that uh, story from the haunted healthcare episode where they, the blood kept appearing on the wall in the room. Right. Cause I, I asked around about whether or not that could be a thing that happens with a paint and, and everyone I know who works in hospitals looked at me like I was the world's biggest idiot. <laughs> so no is the answer. No is the answer. Yeah. yeah. No, that's weird and creepy. Dawn's early light. A few years ago, our 14 year old daughter was volunteering to help with an event in a small beach town on the East coast of Florida. So we decided to make a family trip of it. My husband, son, daughter, and I all loaded into the car and headed out. The motel we had booked was a charming and recently renovated motor lodge-style spot on Highway A1A, with the Atlantic Ocean right across the two-lane blacktop. You could step out of your motel room and be on the beach in less than five minutes, and that's if you took your time. Upon checking into our room, we discovered that in this particular case, recently renovated was code for, we spray-painted everything white, including the tubs and faucets. Still, it was clean and comfortable, so we all had a laugh about it, then went for dinner and had an early night. My daughter and I shared one of the double beds, and my husband and son shared the other. We all went to sleep quickly and slept soundly for the night. At dawn, I awoke to the sensation of something small and slight jumping onto the foot of my bed, and then walking the length of me until it was right next to my head. I recall wondering how in the world a cat got into our room, then when I tried to move or open my eyes, I found I couldn't. I've experienced sleep paralysis before, in a few instances when traveling, but never to the extent that was about to occur. The cat walked up to my face, sniffed my left ear, I felt it and heard it, sniffed my closed eye, then walked behind my head on the pillow. I could feel the weight of every paw. I then felt it walk over to my sleeping daughter and jump to the floor. The next thing I remember is standing at the foot of the bed in front of a woman who was dripping wet. Her hair was long and hanging in a damp manner on either side of her face. Her clothing was saturated as well. She was sobbing and softly pleading for help. I asked her what I could do, but all she would say was, help me, growing more and more frantic each time. Finally, in frustration, I said, I can't, and everything went bad. The expression on the woman's face went from sadness to rage, and she lunged at me, her hands reaching for mine. She roared at me one last time, demanding help as I screamed and tried to avoid her grasp. I awoke back in my bed, no woman, no screaming, just my family in the light of dawn, slowly creeping through the window and up the wall. I checked on my daughter and she was still asleep, as was the rest of my family. I stayed awake after this. That was the most vivid and realistic sleep paralysis I've ever had. Among the few instances prior to this, I would just wake up unable to move. Never had I felt a cat or seen or communicated with anything. If I were an imaginative sort, and I am, I would think that maybe this woman drowned in the ocean that was mere feet from the motel. She needed some kind of help I didn't know how to provide. I was glad to check out the next morning. Creepy. Yeah, well, Florida and motel. I think you need to expect mm-hmm. some of these things. Mm-hmm. If not a murder victim, yes. then a murderer. It would be hard to find a motel that didn't have a gross past. Yes. <laughs> That's a good point, yeah. Have, have you guys ever had sleep paralysis? Have you ever experienced that? I haven't, but... No, I, mm. I haven't either, but it seems to be 
I don't know. It seems to be a pretty prevalent East Coast thing, to be honest with you. Mm. We've heard a lot of stories about it. All right. Well, as I mentioned, it is late for you guys. So we're going to let you go. That is the end of our stories for episode 61. Thank you so much for being here, guys. I, again, I, I know it's late and you soldiered through and you put up with it. You guys I, have been awesome. This has been a ton of fun. Yeah. Really thank has. you so much. We learned so many things about you guys. <laughs> and us so about you. Things. Evidence in us the about you. future court case. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you guys learned a lot about Jen, too. Oh, <laughs> absolutely. So where can our listeners find your show? You can find us on Instagram at Booze and Bourbon, which is B-O-O-S-A-N-D, Bourbon. And you can also find us on Facebook. We are Booze and Bourbon, the podcast. Excellent. Occasionally on TMZ. (laughs) (laughs) It's a level to which we aspire. That's right. I'll be in LA next week. Maybe I can get this. Oh, I wish we were on TMZ. All right. Well, again, thank you so much. And uh, hopefully we can have you on again at some point. Yeah. That would be great. Thank you so much. Thanks, guys. Take care. We will be right back. back thanks to our researchers luke greensmith and anthony germain for their work on this episode thanks to sarah for running our book club and twitter and thanks to kim and jen from booze and bourbon Mm -hmm. for being great guests they were awesome we had a lot lot of fun fun. i guess we'll just get straight to our patron shout outs sounds good of course we'd like to thank all our patrons but we'd especially like to thank our latest patrons they are sean manwaring shaney hurst carson jackie mcfarland graham clark megan condit and Carolyn Dawkins. Thank you so much, guys. We mm-hmm. can't tell you how much we appreciate you it. You guys are awesome. Help us pay the bills. Help make the show easier to produce. It just means the world to us. It really does. If you'd like to join the ranks of our patrons, head on over to patreon.com slash ghoststoryguys and have a look. We have tiers at the $1, $5, 20 and $50 levels with corresponding rewards from exclusive patron stickers to Ghost Force magnets. Uh, you also get access to all of our extra stuff, things like the soon-to-be-renamed Water Cooler episodes, bonus stuff that doesn't fit into the main show, and our monthly live show, mm-hmm. which is a chance for us to hang out with you and just have a more direct connection with some of our patrons. You get to ask us questions and just sort of talk about life. Yeah, just shoot the breeze. Yeah. So, again, if you want to learn more about that, head on over to patreon.com slash guys. Now it's time for listener mail. Our courteous and efficient staff is on call 24 hours a day to serve all your supernatural elimination needs. We're ready to believe you. As we mentioned, we're recording this episode about two weeks in advance, a little less than two weeks in advance. So um, there's going to be a lot of people who've emailed us after this. And uh, if we don't name check you on this show, it just means that your message came in before or after the cutoff. We will definitely get to you on the next show. So thank you to everyone who reached out, including... Jonathan, Chris, Kimberly, Thomas, Kelly, Anna, Sean, Selena, Josh, Andrea, Rin, Jackie, Carolyn, Emily, Kimberly, Brooke, Sam, and Madison. We love hearing from you guys. Thank you for your kind words, your stories, and your gentle criticisms. If you want to get a hold of us, send us a message at ghoststoryguys at gmail.com. We read all the messages we get, and though you may not get a personalized reply, you will get some kind of acknowledgement, and we will make sure to name check you on the show always. And we do, as as Brennan said, we read everything. We read everything. Yeah, we're really grateful you yep. take the time to send it in. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, to take for anyone to take the time out of their day to tell you that they like your show, or even if they don't like your show, yeah, you know that that's that takes time and effort. So yeah. we certainly appreciate it. Absolutely. Uh, again, that's ghoststoryguys at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash ghoststoryguys. We're on Instagram at the Ghost Story Guys and on Twitter at Ghost Story Guys. So we're pretty much everywhere. We are. <laughs> like Walmart. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if you should happen to find yourself in Victoria and you want to meet up with us or you want to maybe do a ghost walk with Ian, send us an email, ghoststoryguys at gmail.com. And if we can make that happen, we will. But as we've said before, if you're in town, you want that, you got to ask. We'll never offer because <laughs> we just can't imagine why anyone would want that. So, no. uh, but if you, if you do want it hundred percent, if we can make it happen, we will. I actually think, uh, we have someone coming in at the end of this week, if I'm not mistaken. We do. Um, we have a, uh, actually a bunch a of couple people, people coming, coming. Yeah, this yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exciting. Yeah, so it is. It's awesome. Again, if you're coming through, let us know and we'll see what we can do.
Big thanks to our musical guest, Kamiko25, for letting us use their song, Our Night Drive. That's from their EP of the same name that was released on January 25th of this year. And you can find them at kamiko25.bandcamp.com or on all the major streaming platforms. I guess that's going to do it. Yeah. I hope you're having a lovely time in L.A. Thank you. I hope I am, too. <laughs> I, uh, and we look forward to hearing all about it on the next episode. Yes, which may be related, but <gasps> what? we won't say any more than that. No, because no. we're like a vault. Oh, yeah, so full of secrets. <laughs> all right, folks. We'll be back in two weeks with a brand new episode. And until then, into the darkness we go. good it's like you've done this before i know well i've watched you do it <laughs> close enough no my text is holy you must respect the sanctity of it i'm, I'm not that okay. much of an asshole can i move brennan's face let's see there we go oh, there we go you have moved i okay. feel so sad that you actually had to see it in the first place if you want to do a line over again totally do it yeah just go because we will do a line like four times because i'll fuck it up and then he just edits it so we sound smart yeah just like what I do for you, Jen. There you go. We're twinning again. <laughs> so, oh, wow. 40, 50 years ago in Victoria, some guy over in Cook Street shit his pants. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I still screwed it up. Yeah, oh, you did. No, shut up. I didn't write it. Captain have, Caveman? I don't have to understand it. I just have to read it. Why do you have to make me look bad in front of company? I won't have you acting up just to try and impress your friends. <laughs> <laughs> My cool new friends? That's right. <laughs> get you to say something in your mic? Yeah, I, I killed a man in Milwaukee and never told a soul. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh, I, what I, a thing to say. I hope Do you want a date? Do you want to go on a date? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Oh, wow. Why so gross. Right. <laughs> I'm a victim here. Please send help. Not yet. Clearly, <laughs> clearly. I feel sorry for you. Thank you. You're lucky I can cut this out. Come at me, bro. <laughs> uh, the, well, the, the planned arm wrestle is off, so. All right. Well, we learned some stuff today. Yes. Thank you for that. Shark tagging and prison dating apps is what I'm taking away from this conversation. Wow. This is how he makes himself funnier than me, by the way. He edits me out. Oh. You got to win somehow. If you don't cheat, what's the point? I can't edit Jen out. If I did, then we would have no funny content whatsoever. Fair, fair. That's some comedy gold right there. <laughs> Oof. Made me laugh. I wonder if the thud with which that hit the ground damaged the mics. Wow. <laughs> it's too warm in here. This never happens to me. No, no, no. No. That won't be going in the show. No. No. And uh, there we have it. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. We got it. <laughs> Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park